Well, I accidentally hit the wrong button for that, but welcome to the Breakdown Podcast. Brandon, Paul, and Logan are streaming live, separated by Cosmic Cabinets. We're using our telepathic powers to bring this show directly to you on your computer, mobile device, or video game consoles. This is the Breakdown Podcast. If you look below me in the video version, you'll see the beautiful face of Paul Anderson. If you look to the right of me... In the video version, you'll see the beautiful face of Logan Weller. We're live worldwide. We are. My name is Brandon Miracle. This is the Breakdown Podcast. On today's episode, our main topic of discussion is Nintendo Switch Online. What's Nintendo doing with Nintendo Switch Online? It costs twenty bucks a year. Maybe why? Maybe why? That's the that's the question we aim to answer today. Um, other topics include the movie Love Simon, the uh, Mad Max on PlayStation. Um, Logan, you watched the thing. Paul, you've been playing Rise of the Tomb Raider and a couple other games, um, yep. so you so can good. look forward to that deeper in the show. But to start things out, guys, I saw Love Simon in theaters uh, this last week, and I've heard <laughs> I was delighted from start to finish. I don't think I love Simon, but you're gonna love Love yet. Simon. You don't know him yet, man. But you're gonna love Love Simon. <laughs> So, uh, for those of you who don't know, Love, Simon is a, I get you could almost call it a rom-com, but it's, a, it's about a high school uh, man who is homosexual. None of his friends know that. Um, he's in the closet. He hasn't come out to anybody yet. Um, and just basically what that means for his life in, in high school. Um, he, he's best friends with a, a young woman who may or may not have feelings for this young man. Um, and Complexity. Yeah. Well, the film opens up with... It, it was kind of funny. At our old college at, at Greenville, we used to have a Confessions Facebook page, and they do that with this movie. So there's this confession page for this high school, um, and the movie opens up with Simon reading a confession from a another man who comes out and says that he is gay and and how that's made it difficult for him in his life and then simon's like hey there's someone out there who has the same you know the 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 same feelings that i do and there's an email address left in the confession and simon reaches out to him and they start having this conversation without knowing who one another is um so that's kind of the the plot of this movie is this this relationship that builds blindly and and how that affects simon in how he interacts with his uh his friends um, and how he goes about his daily life, um, secretly being gay. Um, I've, I've heard nothing but, like, fantastic things about this movie before seeing it. Um, I have a co-worker at work who I often talk about, uh, film critique with, and, uh, he had nothing but good things to say about this, so that's one of the reasons I was excited. Um, the trailers for it are also just, like, pretty good. Like, I was interested enough already. Um, yeah. Get a movie pass, by the way. Um, I was already interested enough to want to see it. Not necessarily maybe go to the theater to see it without having a movie pass yet. Uh, <laughs> one of the, the the actresses who plays like the main female lead played mm-hmm. um, the main female lead in 13 Reasons Why. Um, so it was kind of cool to see her in another role. I've never seen her in anything else besides that. So that was kind of neat. Um, just a great cast overall, very charming characters. Um, it, it's kind of what you'd expect from a rom-com. But uh, writing is really strong. Um, characters are lovable. Movies like about two hours long, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, go out and see it. I think you'll like it. You had me at it's a rom-com. 
I don't even know like if I could completely describe it as a rom com because obviously there's cool. there's there's yeah. drama, um, but it's it's good. I can, I can only praise it. I had a great time with it. Um, so yeah, go Sounds see. Sounds like Simon. my love for Paul. I'm gonna make a movie called Love Paul. It's gonna be about our saucy gay romance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I would I would love to also mention that I'm still watching Food Network. And I'll leave it at that. I'll be cooked. Still going to Flavor Town. We don't actually need to talk about Food Network. We just need to let you guys know that I'm that watching Food it. Network exists. I love that the diabetics of the group is one that's watching Food Network. I I can't control <laughs> myself, man. Well, I think okay. Actually, I've been having a thought about this, right? Because uh, I've been trying to change my diet because I've been having some various health issues and trying to figure them out. Uh, by the way, I don't have food allergies. Um, but That's good, at least. Good. Still, still, I'm still working on changing my diet because it's just it's better for me if I don't have tons of refined sugars and carbs. Um, a little, good little's fine. A lot, not so much. Um, but when you are deprived of the sweets and the goodness and you can't eat anything you want you want it that much more mm-hmm. so it would make sense that the diabetic is the one who's like oh yeah food network give me some, give <laughs> me some like, of that food network like food network and like hgtv those are things that when you're younger you can't understand why adults spend so much time watching them and then you start watching them as an adult, and you just – it clicks. The day I became a homeowner, <laughs> I, I evolved into that, that, that frame of mind that I used to uh, abhor. <laughs> um, I, I still just – I have to make the point, though, that, like, everybody that watches the Food Network never cooks a single recipe that they've seen it's true. on Food Network. I can't really deny that. <laughs> That's how you know you're an adult watching the Food Network. Pretty much. <laughs> um Logan, what have you watched this week? Um, so the one thing I sat down to watch and I actually finished, I, I watched this with Johnny. Uh, those of you who don't know, Johnny's my roommate and a friend of the show. Um, and we watched The Thing. I watched The Thing, and the reason I watched The Thing is I saw a clip of it, and at the suggestion of uh, my coworker, um i was like heck yeah i'll watch the thing this looks amazing he goes and and it's it's very gore heavy it's very like there's lots of like i don't know whoever made that movie like hired some really really creative people for like the sets and like the design of like the the things and all the so for those of you who don't know the thing is a 80s horror film um and it is about this it it is set in like i want to say like alaska or antarctica or something like somewhere really cold it's just they're at this like science base or whatever Mm -hmm. and kurt russell's looking all sexy and oh you had me kurt russell his hair (laughs) and he's like charging in places and he's so competent and um the beautiful man just turned into like gay erotica Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um 
starring Kurt Russell. Um, but. <laughs> Way to gather get us myself, off track, gather Logan. Okay. The thing, Kurt Russell, uh, science space. It's really cold. And there's like this flying saucer that like crashes down, but it crashed down a, like a, a while ago and then it just got uncovered or something. And this organism comes out, and what it does is the organism can like mimic whatever living biological organism that it comes in contact with. Uh, so if it if you are infected with this organism, it will copy you and replace you, essentially. So this is Sakurai's inspiration for Kirby. That's that's what I'm hearing from this. <laughs> Pretty much, except it's a it's a lot bit darker. A lot bit darker. <laughs> a lot bit darker. One of the greatest things. One, the movie's just entertaining. It's a good time. Like mm. go go watch the thing. Uh, the the design of the thing, and it takes several forms. It's not just like the thing, like a singular entity. Think of it like um like a like a colony of sorts. Uh, except it's i don't know it's it's hard to explain but it there's so many different like forms that the thing takes that you can just tell that whoever was designing these th these things was having like a blast and from what i can tell i mean it's it's the 80s so it's all practical effects and it is so they look so good it's like they put a lot of care into the visual effects of this movie. And then I looked it up afterwards to find that this movie was not very well received when it came out, which I, I sat back and I was like, I, I get that, but it, it doesn't deserve that. Like, this right. is a legitimately good film. Uh, and maybe I'm coming in with some bias, you know, having a coworker who I respect his opinion very highly. Uh, when it comes to films and music and mm -hmm. stuff, and so maybe I'm coming in with some bias, but I, uh, the 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 visuals, the actual composition of the shots, it, everything was just very well crafted. Well, time and time and it, again, like in film, like in every era, there's some movie that does something that's so radically different that it turns off like core audiences. <laughs> Um, and it ends up like revo revolutionizing the film industry and becomes a standard. Like the old underground right. scene is probably like the main scene now, and there's a new underground scene. So I was right, just right. about to say the '80s probably just wasn't ready for this film. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But Logan Wellover so in 2018 just... was ready. Oh he yeah, I was too. like, I've seen enough films, and I'm like, oh wow, that's a really good shot. Oh my gosh, look at those visual effects. You know, so it, there's there's a lot to appreciate, and then again, I, I think it does it does the medium justice as well. You know, it is mm -hmm. a film through and through, whereas some films try to be something that they shouldn't try to be, and I think films that a lot of times they just let the visuals speak for themselves. You know, they don't try to over-explain things, and there are certain parts of the movie where it's like it's a little explainy, but. Uh, if, if it's one thing if it happens once or twice it's another if it happens throughout the entire movie it doesn't happen throughout the entire movie but the there was there's one scene in the film 
that I was like, I swear I've seen this. This feels so familiar. And that actually leads me into the other thing I wanted to talk about uh, when it comes to TVs and movies today is comfort shows. So this scene in The Thing, Kurt Russell has a theory that to find The Thing, that it's an living conscious organism and it's going to want to protect itself, right? So if I attack you, you're going to respond. You're going to be like, no, get off me. And you're going to hit me or try to get me off or you'd get, get like a good blow and knee me in the nuts or something like that. So I'm incapacitated. Deck and then, you in the schnoz. Ah, right. So they have this theory. And so they collect a little bit of blood from everybody who's still living to see if anybody is the thing. Right. Because if they are the thing, well, they're not themselves. They're the thing. So they take like some wire and they heat it up and they take the blood and they put the hot wire in the blood to see if the thing reacts. And so each time they go, it's like, oh, first one, oh, we're safe. Second one, oh, we're safe. And then eventually somebody reacts. You know, you're you're anticipating that somebody's going to react. Yeah. And they, they, they parody this in South Park in an episode in one of the like later seasons i had a, I had a feeling it was probably south park yeah I, I was like oh my gosh and so i went after right after i'd watched it i went and watched that episode of south park uh and obviously it's put in the context of south park and um it, it has to do with like head lice like, oh, we're going to make sure nobody has headlights. And if you have headlights, like, it's going to react or something like that. And, and, and it's, it's all Cartman. And it's a ploy to try to put the blame on somebody. You know, oh, who had the headlights? Because somebody in their class has headlights. Um, and the joke at the end of the episode is that every kid had headlights. <laughs> so they were all like turning against each other, trying to figure out who it is. And like you, and everybody was also like just trying to put it on everybody else because like, oh crap, I'm the one with headlights. Um, but yeah, actually, so that that brings me, and I, I won't I won't ramble too much on about this. But I was having a thought, and my thought was. I haven't watched a lot of new TV this week. I haven't played a lot of new games. I've played I played more Bloodborne this week. I've played more Mario. I played a lot of Rocket League. And we revisit these things. Uh, I revisit Futurama from time to time. And then I end up going back and forth between like Bob's Burgers, Futurama, and, and South Park. And, and I call them comfort shows. And I think everybody has this similar experience where they just, they put on the show that they know, you know, back and forth. Because it's, it's comforting. It is, it's just something that they can relax to. They don't have to worry too hard about paying attention to what's going on. It's, it's not very like high energy stuff. Hmm. There's also and probably so, an emotional aspect too, where it puts you back into a mindset that maybe you had while you were watching it for the first time. Yeah. And that can yeah, be comforting in, in its true. own right. Yeah. And so I, there is, there's a lot there. Um, 
but I think it it kind of caused me to turn inwards and think a little bit introspectively about where I'm at in my life. Um, life isn't perfect. And that's okay. We can admit that. Um, thankfully, it's not all bad as well. I mean, I get to I get to come on here every week, and I get to chat with two of my best friends, and we get to chat about things that we love, and we get to express ourselves, and that's that's freaking great. But going back to these shows is just it's 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 easy, it's comforting, so that like I. I I don't easily fall into new shows nowadays. And I don't think that's an inevitability, but I do, I do think it speaks to maybe something of where I'm at as a human being. You know, mm-hmm. uh, thankfully I had enough strength to watch. Yeah. They, uh, I had enough energy to watch the thing. And that was super rewarding at the end. I had to, you know, I put away my phone and I just kind of laid there on the couch and I just, I watched a movie. I haven't done that in forever. I usually have my computer open or my phone by me and I need to stop doing that because I found that kind of just doing one thing at a time was really, really like rewarding. Um, yeah, I'm not actually sure where I wanted to go with that, but I definitely, I definitely just wanted to talk about like comfort shows. It made you I mean, feel everybody good, has man. them. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, it's do okay. you guys, do you guys have your comfort shows that you go back to time and time again? Did I not mention Rugrats three episodes ago? It's <laughs> fair enough. How about you, Paul? I, I got my comfort anime, and it's you not your comfort. comforting. I, I go back to Clannad just so I can hate myself. Oh yeah, me ah! too. I watched it like five <laughs> times now. Ah! <laughs> I love Clannad. Also, that being said, Clannad's a Clannad is a is a tough watch. Yeah. You know, if you if you really want to digest that, like I think a lot of my comfort shows is like I've watched them so much and a lot of the episodes are self-contained. Whereas like something with an arc, you know, that spans a whole season is yeah. again, it's a little more intensive. Clannad's um, an interesting like case too. Um going off a conversation we kinda had before we started the podcast about um rough starts and how it can kind of stop you from watching because i know a lot of people that couldn't sit through clanid like the intro is a lot slower and so they couldn't make it to the end and i had to sit there and prod them like you can't judge this until you've seen the end watch it all the way through and then tell me how you or how you felt about it and i think that was probably like the first experience i had with needing to make it to an ending to make my judgment i think we just lost logan also don't worry uh don't worry john we're, we're getting to that in this in today's episode oh there he is oh yeah um one thing i want to mention uh there's another show i actually watched this week but maybe not in traditional format um we had an event here at our local sports arena um i don't know if you guys have ever heard of cirque du soleil i think is how you say it it, circus delay it, yes that thank you you mean that 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 one was like a circus it's well, it's, it's not <laughs> a circus necessarily it's a uh it's 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 like a, a stage play and performance art at the same time i thought it was like a big vegas show uh i don't know why that's what i thought it was 
It's uh, Cirque, Cirque du Soleil, and it was here in uh, in Rockford, and it was kind of cool because the, the set, they had, like, this big, like, curtain that you could see through both directions, so we had audience members on both sides of the stage. Um, but basically, it's about this guy who's dead who is watching his funeral take place, um, and, uh, like... It's kind of, like, introspective, and at the same time, yes, it is a very French circus. Um, and, like, all these events take place, but they're, like, personified through circus art <laughs> and, like, trapeze and and uh, just, like, circus acts that you'd expect. That's where the Cirque part comes. Um and it was just like super impressive and really really fun to watch uh if you haven't seen this before and you're even like remotely interested in incredible human feats maybe give this a sh- give this show a watch it's it's funny i love feet it, there's a lot of feet in this show um <laughs> i feel like I've, I've, the chat. i know the name because i've seen the commercials like every few years growing up it has like a really um almost like mystical element to it because it's being it, framed as this guy's dead. Yeah, um, you're you're really going on a journey with it, and it's it's really fun. A lot of what they're doing is super impressive. Uh, yeah, so I just wanted to throw that out there. I went into it not really knowing what to expect, and I had a great time with it. Right on. Uh, anything you watched this week, Paul? Well, I, I didn't put it down because I wasn't sure if it. I'm not going to go too deep into it. That's going to be my catchphrase from most things but <laughs> I, I sat down with my dad and i watched the beginning of her again and i had to answer the age-old question for my dad yes that is scarlett johansson as his computer <laughs> <laughs> he's saying that like is that scarlett johansson yes <laughs> yes it is that is in fact scarlett johansson yeah i watched like 45 minutes of that and i left but that, that's it for me um well uh moving into anime uh one of the one of the anime i wanted to kind of highlight this week is my hero academia because it celebrated the premiere of its third season um technically that's happening now ish Uh, yeah it post tomorrow it i think the sub premiere is like technically tonight like in japan um for for you dub fans dub fans out there, it is simul dubbed, but the first episode has been delayed for the dub, and Funimation has an explanation for that on their social media channels, so you can find it there. Um, they will well, be on time with episode now. two. Uh, I am not done even with the first season of My Hero Academia, but I'm working my way through it right now because I want to catch up with the third season as it goes on. You what know, a great show. It's fantastic. I, I've been a shonen anime fan for a long time. Obviously, that was kickstarted with Dragon Ball Z. Um, but I've watched Wait, several you since watched then. you watched Dragon Ball Z? You, you might say I watched Dragon Ball Z. Smash Brothers was announced for the Nintendo Switch. That too. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? So My Hero Academia is following in the footsteps of shows like One Piece and Naruto. Or I really should say manga. Um, yeah. You know, it's, a, it's about this kid who who lives in a world where superheroes exist with these abilities they call them quirks every superhero has just this one ability that defines their entire like you know superpower and their their superhero name um 
he doesn't have a quirk, and that's very upsetting to him. Um, he wants to be a hero. Me. He has an idol, All Might, the greatest superhero in existence. And he's like, I want to be just like All Might, even though I don't have a quirk. And uh, events transpire that I will not really get into, but eventually he um, gets involved with the most prestigious superhero school um, known to man and begins his journey to become the greatest superhero of all time. Um, it's very, very shonen, uh, pretty, pretty, it's pretty cut from the book, pretty much like a lot of these shonen anime where the main character wants to be the best of a certain class of people that do a specific thing. I want to be Hokage. I want to be king of the pirates. I want to be king of the wizard world. All that stuff. I feel uh, like this one's a bit different. It in is. That, like, he's not trying necessarily, like, he's trying to be the best. He's trying to be the best he less, can be. It's less about, you know, the glory of it and more about I want to protect people. I want to save people. I want to be the presence that I look up to, which is all my, you know, the hero that smiles in the face of adversity. Exactly. He wants to be that. And I, I love Midoriya so much as a hero. Like, of all the follow-ups you could have to shows like Naruto and Dragon Ball Z and Yu Yu Hakusho, which I grew up in with and I just adore, um, this is the best possible way for the next generation to start. Yes, My Hero Academia has an incredibly bright future, and I, I'm very pleased that this is the follow-up to uh, that last generation of Shonen, which is coming to an end in the case of, of Naruto, and Bleach obviously was much before mm -hmm. that. One Piece still has another 9-10 years to go. Um, That'll never end. But it'll, be, it'll be every generation, you know? One Piece <laughs> was the top of that generation, so I think it's okay that it's still going. It's still very popular. Real quick. Uh, Cole in the comments was asking, is it worth a watch? I'm finishing up Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. It is the best possible follow-up to Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot recommend a better anime for you to watch. You don't stop hearing about My, Ac My Hero Academia for a good reason, because it's it's that good. Um, the the animation quality is there. The uh, Just the, the high-octane action. Some of the art for like the action scenes is so intense. Um, it you're not there yet, but the season one closer, like... I remember you talking it's about that. It's held a special place in my heart ever since, and I am so upset that you still haven't seen it. I'm on my way there. I'm already halfway there. Um, <laughs> like, that was the point that I would, I knew that this was a great show, and I had to I had to keep up with it. it. It's kind of fitting that this comes at this time, too, because I remember watching the end of Dragon Ball GT... Um, and then just having this big void in my heart where the where the action anime and just like my heroes they were gone they they were done for a while and then uh you were into naruto at this point and i got into naruto like towards the middle to end of middle school i think or no it was actually yeah. the beginning of middle school um so i was playing catch up and i just oh man i was falling in love with naruto i was like oh man this fills that exact need that i have and now that Naruto is essentially over, obviously we have a uh, Boruto, Naruto, Next Generations. Um, but this, this is what I needed. Like, this show fills that, that void in my heart. Dragon Ball Super is over, so that's probably what, like, really got me going on My Hero Academia. I mean, to compare it to another shonen that I've been watching and talked about in previous podcasts, Black Clover, you know, both recent shonen anime with, you know, the shonen formula. And I can... 
I, I still really like Black Clover and what it's going with for. I'm about halfway through it. And I'm, I, I finally caught up this week. And so I'm caught up on Black Clover, and I do plan to continue watching that. But it does not hold a candle to My Hero Academia. Yeah. <laughs> it is such an incredible show, and I don't... Despite having the same formula as all the other shonen anime, like it's so fresh and so fun and so lovable and so exciting. It's it's got the characters, it's got the excitement. It it checks all of the boxes and checks a few boxes that we didn't even have before. The show is really good. So I highly recommend you watch My Hero Academia. If you love shonen anime even a little bit, this is going to hit the top of your list really easy, I guarantee it. Um that's my spiel on My Hero Academia. Paul, I know you watched some other anime this week as well. Yeah, as I, as I mentioned, I just finished Black Clover, and I guess finish isn't the right word. I caught up. I, uh, I finally did some research, and the first season run is going to be about 50 episodes, and they're currently at 23, I believe, at least for the dub. So I'm, I'll continue to follow that, and I'll, I'll let you guys know what I think about that when that concludes. Um, but I also, at John's request... And real quick, John, thank you so much for recommending this to me. Um, Blood Blockade Battlefront. I started watching that this week. And, oh, I finished season one last night, and it is such a fun and wacky show. And I gotta gotta look up the description for it, because I I can't really... Is it fun and wacky in a Japanese way, or just, like, fun and wacky in general? Probably in a Japanese way. Okay. It was... I was watching it kind of passively, and so it was kind of hard to keep up with everything that was going on because there was just so much happening. There's a lot of these really great, fun characters. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've really been enjoying myself. So, I'm trying to find a proper description because I know I'm not going to do it justice. <laughs> um. Real quick, why Paul is looking for that. The new season of anime is pretty much starting right about now. Um, so I'll check some of those out. We should all check some of those out, figure out what the best of the season's going to be, and uh, maybe start watching that on a week-to-week basis. Um, one I'm very excited about is Shokugeki no Soma. The second part of season three starts on Monday, and I couldn't be happier because I absolutely adore that show. This is a really great time for anime because you, you mentioned that to me this morning, and I got hyped up. And then I remembered My Hero Academia season two is starting right now, and this, I'm still in the middle of Black Clover. So I got some different shows to kind of follow week to week in the wake of Dragon Ball Super ending. <laughs> I did. I found the description. Okay. Um, Lay it about on the us. show. A breach between Earth and the Netherworld has opened up over New York City, um, trapping New Yorkers and creatures from other dimensions in an impenetrable bubble. It takes place so in America. That's all Crunchyroll gives you. Yep, it takes place in New York City. Oh. And the main character has um, God eyes. And he stumbles into this organization called Libra that is trying to kind of keep the balance and protect humans in this interdimensional um, bubble. <laughs> he doesn't have god eyes in like the full metal alchemist way, does he? No. Okay. Um, the, in his case, he can like he can perceive things that normal humans can't. Like there's a supersonic monkey that he uh, yeah, chases around that normal people just can't see. Um, I think the main group of villains are vampires, or at least a couple of them are vampires. 
and so like he's able to see their aura and recognize them as vampires which more normal people can't and so that's why he got mixed in with this organization but he it's almost shown in to a degree because he's the protagonist that doesn't really believe in himself but he's you know this integral part of this really powerful group of people um trying to defend humanity <laughs> Is this like a long form show or? I'm not entirely sure. John, if you know, you can let us know in the comments. Um, I know it's it's two seasons. I, I finished season one and I'm, I started season two. Is this yeah, currently season airing? Two just finished. Okay. Uh, season, season two, two ended. ended in like December. Gotcha. So it's. So I mean. It's either done or it's on break, break right now. Yeah, I'd imagine that. It's probably on break. I mean, unless they just decide not to make a third season. But the manga is ongoing. So. Okay. Well, there's always that. <laughs> so, so this will at least be a decently long material series. material to work with. I mean, at the very least, like, it's it's two seasons of nonstop fun, so. Yeah, you can't complain with that. Yeah. As that's on Crunchyroll, you said? Yep. Cool. I'll have to check that one out. Thank you for the recommendation, John. If you want to leave us your recommendations, you can do that on our Discord server, which you can find a link to on our website, breakroomarcade.com, which is now on the sidebar and not on the bottom, because Paul did it's his, actually little, at both. his little wizardy, wizardry stuff. I wanted to save you guys all the scrolling, you know, save your index fingers and whatnot, so I, I moved it to the sidebar for you. You're welcome. We appreciate you, <laughs> I love <boo>. you. <laughs> um, okay, so that's all the anime for this week. Um, getting into some games. I can't remember if I talked about this week, last week. Did I talk about Detective Pikachu? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, it's kind of like a blur in my mind at this point. I think you might have had, Isn't you might have just started it. I am like three or four chapters in now. Hey, you're I, like three or four chapters in now, tell us. I have completed the part of the game that was the first episode that was released in Japan back in like February 2016. So I'm officially done with that part. I am on to the to the new content. Um, the The first chapter is kind of slow and handholdy. You're gonna find a lot of reviews I've found mentioning that that it uh, it holds your hand quite a bit in that first chapter. Um, okay, I mentioned I was gonna play it last week. Thank you, John. Um, it does. John's the MVP. It does hold your hand. That first chapter can be a little bit of a slog, but the characters. And the cutscenes and the story is so worth the effort, in my mind. I'm having such a good time with Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu might be my favorite iteration of Pikachu to date. He's that much fun to me. Um, just, like, hearing that deep, gruff voice come out of that cute little Pikachu, it's, it's so endearing. I absolutely adore it. And he loves coffee. I love how much he loves coffee. He talks about <laughs> this hi-hat blend that he really likes, and I need to know his opinions. He has... A very set way that he likes his coffee, and he always loves to remind you of what that is. And I can't get enough of it. I'm like, tell me more about your coffee. I want to know. This is the most insight I've gotten into the Pokemon world in a really long time. There's one special cameo I've been waiting to talk about on the show. If you don't want to hear this, maybe go away for like 30 seconds. But that you could maybe consider this a spoiler. It's not a story spoiler, but it is a cameo spoiler. Um, okay, let me just... Uh... I'm kidding. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about it in three, two, one. Okay. So there is a scene that you might have seen on some of the trailers. A scene you might have seen. A scene you might have seen. The main character, his name is Tim Goodman. He's looking for his father. So he visits Rhyme City, where his father last was doing detective work. Um, 
When he gets there, he runs into Detective Pikachu, and Tim can hear and understand what Detective Pikachu is saying, and Detective Pikachu can't talk to anybody else. Tim is the only person who can hear him, so they're like, we were destined to meet each other. And Detective Pikachu actually works, well, works for the company, uh, the detective agency that Tim's dad was involved with. So they kind of meet under these circumstances, and that's how the adventure is kicked off. Early on in the adventure, Tim... Um, I want to say like he was in the detective agency and he walked outside or maybe it was the cafe, one of the two buildings. He walks outside and he sees a Pikachu standing there on the ground. And he's like, Hey Pikachu, you ready to go? And Pikachu is like, turns his head, ears wobble a little bit. Pika. And Tim's like, what are you talking about? Where we got to go. And Pikachu starts talking to him using Pika, Pikachu. And Tim's like, what's going on? Why can't I talk to you anymore? Detective Pikachu walks up from behind Tim, and he's like, oh, that's not me. That's just a regular Pikachu. And then Detective Pikachu starts talking to the Pikachu, and he's like, sorry about my human. He mixed the two of us up and all that jazz. And then uh, Pikachu starts talking about what he's doing in Rhyme City and, you know, how his owner's out there, you know, doing stuff right now. Tells him about, kind of about what they're, uh, what they're up to, what they're what their goals are, and Detective Pikachu responds by saying, well, you make sure to tell your trainer that you're going to be the very best like no one ever was. <laughs> it was Ash's Pikachu. This, right, right. So it, I guess canonically this takes place in the anime universe, so who knew? And uh, <laughs> That's I, still brilliant. I had an absolute joyous moment with that. I've been watching Pokemon since... Probably since before I could read. I don't really know. It's been a long time. Um, so that, that touched me in my heart my heart area a little bit. I definitely loved that. It was a space heater for your heart. Yeah, it really was. Um, but again, like I said, Detective Pikachu, is, as far as this gameplay is concerned, um, is a little hand-holdy. It does open up over each chapter. The last chapter I completed was by far the longest. And there was a couple times where I legitimately wasn't sure what I should do or uh, what the answer to a particular question was. Um, so it does get better in that regard, so don't worry about that. This game is obviously aimed at children, but there's, lot, there's a lot to appreciate if you're a Pokemon fan. I'll say that for sure. Um, I'm not done with the game yet. I'll give you a final verdict when I get there. Uh, I would love to see this become an ongoing franchise. The more I play the game, the more excited I get about the movie that's coming next year. Hope they do it justice. Um, if not, we always have the original. Actually, I want to I want to continue on that for just a second. So, say there's a sequel that exists. Is it Detective Pikachu two, or is it like like Plumber Blastoise? You know. <laughs> I think it's Detective Pikachu HD for Switch. Please, Plumber Blastoise though. <laughs> I would play that honestly. Like in in the context of this story, um, I do believe that Detective Pikachu will be the only Pokemon that we hear talking outside of maybe a Meowth that might show up at some point. Right, right. Um, but I, I think they're trying to establish Detective Pikachu as his own character that exists in the world. Um, right, right. I'll assure you that you will come out of this game loving Detective Pikachu. Uh, they do its characters really well. The motion capture is incredible. Um, Pikachu emotes so well. Like, seeing that on a 3DS screen is really impressive. <laughs> I think the obvious direction they need to go with this is they need to 
strike some deals um, with, with Ace some, uh, some other companies. No, actually, I was going to say they need to strike some deals and uh, have that Scooby-Doo crossover. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Scooby-Doo Detective Pikachu. It, it rhymes already. It's perfect. Match made in heaven, man. Um, so, yeah, there's a demo out on the 3DS eShop right now. I believe it is the first chapter of the game. So if you're not sure if you're going to like it, give it a go. Remember what I said. The first chapter is hand-holdy. Don't let that dis- deter you. And it will save your game progress um, in cool. the demo for the main game. If you buy the... Okay. Okay. Yeah. I might try that out then. More I, demos. Maybe that might be get me into it. Voice acting is on point. Might be some of the best voice acting Nintendo's pulled out in a long time. Um, Kid Icarus Uprising still the best. Uh, that's all the games that I did this week. Um, Logan, what did you do this week? So... I did a lot of things. I do want to mention that there's a few game things happening this weekend uh, that we might end up streaming. I know I'm going to be playing some of these. Uh, obviously, Monster Hunter World. I've been playing a lot of Monster Hunter World uh, in the past few days. And we spring got the Spring Festival. Festival right now. And and something I apparently just found out, going to the Gathering Hub, doing an Arena Quest... The um, Street Fighter Quest is Street bad. Fighter, Street Fighter Quest, and apparently it's available to those without the save. So finally, finally, I'm gonna get my my Street Fighter. We're gonna Ryu be Ryu costume tonight, Ryu boys. Be Ryu. And then we're gonna hunt a tempered Devil Joe. Oh yeah, uh, I'm still upset. I missed that the first time. Uh, anyway, uh, outside of that, and Bloodborne, and some of my other basic go-tos uh one of the playstation plus games of the month was mad max uh i had heard some mixed things about it but i decided to give it a try and so far i'm enjoying myself i foresee myself playing it more and probably maybe finishing it uh for those of you don't know mad max is based on a film series uh, and this game kind of really, what's the word I am looking for? It gives you that cinematic feel in game form. You can mm-hmm. tell that they tried to make the game feel like a movie in a lot of ways. And I, I, I think that might end up holding it back in the end. But it is part of the appeal. So going into it, I was like, oh, it feels a little bit stiff. It's by the Just Cause devs. So it it makes sense that it'd be a little bit stiff. But I think it being a little bit stiff works a little bit more in its favor than it does for, like, the Just Cause series. Because it makes some of the motions very smooth. The combat is very classic Assassin's Creed, Shadow of Mordor, except instead of using swords and shields, you're you know, punching. Uh, but that lends itself really well to the style. Mm-hmm. And it's just this very, very large open world. And the way you get around is you got your, your vehicle. And that's got like a bunch of upgrading systems on it. So that's a huge emphasis is they really, really tried to emphasize what made the world of Mad Max like special. And um, 
Sorry. Bothering me. And and I, I found it really endearing. I was really enjoying myself. The systems are sometimes a little bit, again, they feel a little bit stiff, a little bit clunky. But I, I think they can kind of get away with that, just given the style of right. the game. Sure. And I definitely look forward to, Another to Mad playing Max more movie. of it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I really, really liked the the recent you know Mad right. Max yeah. film. And so yeah, playing this game was kind of like, okay, I need to give this game a chance. Real and uh, so far it's paying off. Um, cool in the comments. Do you guys play Far Cry 5? I, I haven't purchased it. I, I have not touched like that yet. To play Far Cry 5. I, I I think, and this happens a lot with Ubisoft games, mm-hmm. uh, specifically Assassin's Creed and Far Cry 5, is those games are the most compelling when there is an interesting premise surrounding them. I'm not real hot on the Assassin's Creed formula, especially considering it doesn't hasn't really changed up a lot. Uh, it looks like they took some steps to 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 do that with Origins, and I appreciate that. I haven't gotten around to playing it. I still would like to play Origins at some point, maybe if I get it on sale. Uh, and I think the same is true for Far Cry 5. The gameplay itself doesn't seem terribly interesting to me, but but the whole like cult premise and it being like Montana, like it just kind of ticks one of my boxes. And I ticks definitely want to give that game a try at some point. I, I want to pick it up at some point. I don't want to try it for it. $60. <laughs> Preach. Um, it sounds like Cole's also installing the Detective Pikachu demo. So Good. we hope you enjoy that. He also said that Spyro Reignited trilogy. Oh, yeah. We do need to talk about that. Um... <laughs> That's something I didn't grow up playing, but I, I've always wanted to. And so I I really look forward to this and then the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. These will be my chance to actually sit down and try these franchises that I wanted to play as a kid and never got a chance to. We got Insane Trilogy coming to Nintendo Switch. Um, and Spyro Reignited Trilogy was not announced for Nintendo Switch. It was announced for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One for launch. Was it September 21st? Um, so unlike Spyro or unlike uh, Crash, this is not PlayStation exclusive or timed exclusive. Um, so that's cool. Um, Spyro is being voiced by Tom Kenny in all three incarnations for this game. So that's that's really nice. They're redoing the dialogue. They're redoing the music. Um, these last these it two nice. remakes are the definition of what a remake should be. By the way, this is what a remake is. They're rebuilding it from the ground up. They're making it pretty. They're redoing the music, redoing the voice acting, redoing the controls, which is a big thing for me for Spyro. Um, one thing I want to mention, like I said, it was not announced for Nintendo Switch, but a listing for it was found on the Nintendo UK store for 40 bucks. I don't think that happens by accident. That doesn't happen by accident. So <laughs> I think Nintendo probably just wants to announce Spyro Reignited Trilogy um, at a direct in a direct on their own terms yeah i think it i think games do a little bit better when nintendo kind of has that announcement and endorses it so for a game like 
the Spyro Reunited <laughs> trilogy, it would make sense that. Are you laughing at John's comment? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we love you too, John. <laughs> so, yeah, having their endorsement, like when they announced, oh, the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy is coming to Switch. And it was Nintendo saying it. I was like, oh, here we go. I wanted to get this game, and I was thinking about getting it on my PS4. But at the same time, there's rumors about it going elsewhere, and it's not something I need right away. So maybe somewhere down the line, and boom! We got it on Switch. If that was probably one on that, Switch. Like I, I, I'll probably pick it up from a well, we, we got Ensign Trilogy is what I'm referring to, uh, but I could see a similar thing going uh, with Spyro. If Spyro now, the, doesn't like come at launch for Switch, there's a high probability I'll probably get it on PS4 because my wife is the Spyro fan in the house and she grew up playing Spyro on the PlayStation and she told me outright that she wanted to play it on PlayStation 4 and I was like, okay. Um, well, I wasn't like, okay, I was like, I want it on Switch, but, you know, if she wants it on PlayStation 4, it doesn't release at launch there, um, I'll do it on PS4, but, uh, well, the fact that it's coming to Nintendo Switch, or probably coming to Nintendo Switch, is just good in the first place, it'll probably reach a decent, like, sales number, I imagine it'll probably do best on PlayStation, um, Uh, because of Legacy, yeah. Um, but to see these kinds of games on Nintendo Switch, it's always cool. It means that we're, we're getting a console that's actually getting the releases alongside the other systems. But This is all we ever wanted. I mean, there, there, it comes at a cost sometimes in performance, but we have the added benefit of having these games portably, which it, it, obviously people are latching onto this because it's, it's, it's making bank. Numbers. We're getting numbers on these games. Um, so... Spiral comes out on September 21st. One of the reasons I wanted to get it on Nintendo Switch is because I'll be playing Spider-Man on my PS4. Logan, I know you're pretty excited about Spider-Man. We don't, we don't like Spider-Man that much. excited about Spider-Man, about? and then we got this like big blowout of information from Game Informer this past week, and so my freaking brain has been on fire with excitement and i'm constantly re like okay when's the next feature coming out when are you giving me that extra information i want to know how this game is gonna play because i played the heck i played the heck out of spider-man 2 as a kid on the gamecube and that game was one of like my formative experiences as a gamer i was like holy crap this game is so much fun and it was a little quirky, and there are definitely some flaws, but that is a cl- classic. That is a classic. Nothing of beats that era web slimming. Web slimming? Web slimming in New York City. <laughs> um, real quick to answer your question, Cole, um, as far as Crash or Spyro coming to Smash, I would anticipate if we get either, we'll get one, but not both. We'd get Crash before we'd get Spyro. And that's exactly that's what where I think. I, yeah. I think. Um, yeah. As far as Spider-Man is concerned, I'm so glad we finally have a release date for this thing because I remember being super excited at E3 I've last had year. I've pre-ordered since like the first E3 that they showed. That was off. E3 2016. I've just been waiting. I've been waiting for the release date. It's just like all the other games that I pre-ordered and whatnot have been delivered by now, and it was like the one game that's been sitting there, like just haunting me. 
because I've yeah. been looking forward to this game so yeah. much. I think everybody is. I think like this is one of those few moments where the entirety of the gaming community, like we've had so many Spider-Man games in between now and when Spider-Man 2 was released, but none of them lived up to what Spider-Man 2 was as a game. Right right it was the first spider-man game it's like oh man when i swing my webs attached to buildings and everybody was like i want to be spider-man and that was the game that made you feel like spider-man mm-hmm. and, and and then again like i've just never heard any buzz behind any of these spider-man games since well you bring up a good point there there there's so many licensed games right and so many of them are just drops in the bucket they're they're cash-ins what spider-man did differently is like you said, is it was adamantly trying to make you feel like you were Spider-Man. That's exactly what the game should be doing. That's why the Batman Arkham games were so successful, because they made you feel like Batman. They made you feel like Batman! I remember the first time I was playing Arkham Asylum, and I was just walking around as Batman, and his movement, and he was a little stiff, right? And I was like, this is weird. And then, like, some of the extra movements and, like, grappling onto ledges, and, and I was like... Oh, I get it. You felt confident. You were like a brick wall with legs and arms. You know, (laughs) you were not moving. This was Batman. Nothing. Batman is afraid of nothing. You know, the enemies are afraid of you, too. Right, right. And so, like, it made you feel like Batman. And so that's why I'm so excited for this game. Like, Game Informer just posted an article in a video uh, where some the creative director and somebody else who's involved with the development started explaining kind of the fundamentals of web swinging in the game and how they went about it. And I was like, it, it's, it spoke so much confidence into me. I was like, this game, this, if, if this is not the best Spider-Man game ever released, I I'll probably drop dead. <laughs> this game like, knows at this it's good. point, it just seems like an inev- inevitability. Now I don't want to give. I mean, and that being said, it's also Insomniac. Insomniac has an incredible record with video games. Like they're they are a great great studio. Mm-hmm. So um, my confidence, like I, I I remember when they revealed it, and they're like Insomniac is working on the Spider Man game. And I'm like, yes, this is it. This is the one. This is the Spider-Man game we're going to get. This is the one I've been waiting since Spider-Man 2 for. So That was announced in the same E3 press conference that Monster Hunter World was announced in, and I couldn't have asked for a better combination of video games. <laughs> the thing with the Spider-Man game is, like, every time they show it off, it gets better. It looks and more I impressive. Every, yeah. every time I'm like, they can't make this look any better. This game is already going to be amazing. And it's like, no, I was wrong. It keeps getting better. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, it's it's going to be incredible. John says he doesn't want to get wait. himself too hyped about it. Um, I can understand that kind of thought process. There are a lot of games that get overhyped, like uh, um, Fallout Four. I think may have suffered from this a little oh, bit. Oh, absolutely. Pre-release absolutely. hype may have actually like ruined part of the reputation of that game after it released, and this happens a lot with a lot of games. Um, I, I'm not getting that vibe, though, with Spider-Man. I'm feeling really confident. That game is brimming with confidence. Um, if it turns out bad, you know, oh well. I'll be upset, but it's not the end of the world. 
I just don't think that's going to happen. It's it's funny because the creative director um, Brian Inathar, I can't remember. I don't know yeah. how to pronounce his last name. But they did like this rapid fire question thing, and it was just it was mostly a comedic video, but it did give you some insight. And the interviewer, one of his questions was, "Do your webs attach to buildings?" And he goes. Uh, they better if I want this game to succeed. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, so so there was that sense of like, okay, this isn't us. This uh, Spider-Man is much bigger than us. Yeah. And and we need to honor that. We need to respect who Spider-Man is while also making a great game. Yeah. So, and I think everybody everybody who's working on that is super passionate about yeah. it it reminds you know, me like, of uh davide soliani with mario and rabbits he knew what he was touching and what he was working with and the legacy behind that and that you have to handle that with care right so like if, if you, you yeah if you haven't seen that rapid fire question session look it up because it was like for me it was one of those moments that having seen the creative directors like picking his brain like, I know that the right person is behind this game, someone who really, really cares about it. And I got that from, you know, a 10 minute video, just yeah. how great this guy is and how great his work is going to be. Well, I remember at the last PSX, they had a little feature on Spider-Man. They didn't show off any like new gameplay at that point, but they had some of the people on the team, on the writing team. And all these people, like these are people who grew up reading Spider-Man, you know, children. They're like, oh, now we're going to get the new Spider-Man comic. And they're like, oh, I freaking love Spider-Man. And now they're grown and they're like, guess what? You get to write Spider-Man now, you know, what would you do? What would you do if, you know, at one point you, Brandon was like, we're like, oh, Brandon uh, has done a lot of writing. And now uh, Brandon gets to work on the Mario movie, you know? Oh, man. That would be my like, crowning achievement. How much? You'd be like, there's no way. There's no way in reality that like, this is happening. I've as a human being if that ever happens, by the way. <laughs> so. It's a great think, responsibility. Um, a lot of passion behind it. Um, I, I can't imagine this game failing. Yeah, I haven't pre-ordered yet, but <laughs> there's someone I will in the, be pre-ordering. Uh, man, you Spider-Man, you still haven't played, or you still haven't watched Spider-Man Homecoming either. He has. Oh, actually, I have. Oh. I should have mentioned that. Ridicus in the chat. I forgot I watched that. He's saying if Spider-Man ends up being terrible, which he hope it doesn't, it's going to get added to the top 10 anime betrayals. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. If this game ends up being, like, bad or subpar, it's I'm going to be so disappointed. I, I just will. Ugh, We're I can't on wait. team that's not happening, by the way. What? We don't believe that'll happen. So um, it's April 6th. It comes out in September. There's months oh, in between no. them. It's uh, too far away. I need it now. As badly as we need True. that game, we should probably move on to uh, yeah. what, Paul, you've been playing this week. All right. So I'm, I'm still working on Tomb Raider. Still enjoying myself. Not quite done with it yet. I'm, I'm close. Uh, we'll talk more about that when I finish it for next week. Hopefully. Cool, cool. Um, I one of the reasons I didn't finish Rise of the Tomb Raider this week 
is because I picked up PC Building Simulator. And it's all Logan's fault that this happened. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I was like, it. this looks interesting. I sent it to the little boys. Hey, boys, look at this. That was the or that, that got me to watch the trailer. I'd seen it on Steam, and I'm like, that's dumb. <laughs> I watched the trailer, and I'm like, that's interesting. I buy the game. I'm going to play 10 minutes, and, and then I'll never touch it again. Six hours of my life later. <laughs> it looks like a, an educational experience, too, like if you've never it done this really before. It really is. Um, you know, if you don't know anything about building PCs, it's not, you know, 100%, but you you really start to learn, like, the order of operations. You know, what components come first, how you need to remove this to get to that component. And so you really become familiar with different computer components. Right. And they give you like, it's like informational as well. But I, I do, there is like some game aspect to it, isn't there? Yeah. There's a uh, career mode where you, you're basically running a PC repair shop. And so it starts off and you're getting a lot of, um, you know, I got a virus. Can you, can you remove this virus? So you, you plug in their computer, you put in a flash drive, you install a program and, remove the viruses get paid <laughs> i'm reminded of my office max days that's exactly what it, i did it starts to get a lot more complicated though um i'm at a point now where you know certain repairs i have to decline because what they're uh what they're offering me you know compensation wise i'm gonna spend more on parts getting them the parts they want i love that that's so, an aspect of the game that's super yeah. cool and I, I think that i found a way to kind of combat that a bit there's like an ebay application that you can buy and like buy used parts uh, one of the cool things about it too is like as i've been going on um i've been saving parts that aren't broken but people want it upgraded and so i'm basically giving other people their used parts that i got for free <laughs> um in a handful of cases too i discovered that like when you decline a computer you can remove parts and then decline it and then keep those components. So I pulled out this like really expensive graphics card, and then I ended up like declining it without putting it back, and it was still in my inventory later. <laughs> so I got that's like this a, like four hundred dollars graphics that's card. Interesting. The game's still in early access, guys. <laughs> Maybe I need to keep doing that though. Okay. But yeah, it's it, it it doesn't look like much, Bug but reports. it is a very fun experience for twenty dollars. You know, like it is. I I can't recommend picking it up enough. It, okay. Once you pick it up, you can't put it down. <laughs> Very cool. Um, on top of Tomb Raider and PC Building Simulator, um, me and Brandon finished a way out. Yes, we did. I'm not going to talk about that, though, because we're going to have to go over to our Let's Play and watch it there. So many times I hear on, you know, I'll be watching Nintendo Voice Chat, and I was listening to it today, and they mentioned, like, oh, yeah, you can watch this this is the thing we did and then i think it was like brian and zach they go plug 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 it's like it's like a shameless like hey guys watch something that we did so watch a way out on our youtube channel the the way i took that though was that this was something they've talked about like before shows like they're telling philip he's got to plug 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 so they're like reinforcing that he was doing it that's the impression i got Um, you gotta you gotta learn to be shameless about that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we're releasing a way That's out on Mondays and Wednesdays. We're speeding it up for you guys because we love you. So you can look forward to that. Um, real quick though, absolutely love the game. Oh, Highly yeah. recommend. What you do is you find someone who wants to play the game with you. You split the cost with that person. You you get 
You, you watch our let's play of it, and then you find a person and split that cost with them. There you go. <laughs> it's fifteen dollars a person because it's thirty dollar gain. Plug 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 plug. plug. <laughs> Hey, you should subscribe to the channel if you want to see when those goes live and hit the bell so you know exactly when they go live. Find our Facebook page, and we'll also we'll, we'll remind you there. Um, what else you Buy played some this merch. week? <laughs> or you pre-ordered something. I pre-ordered um, Steins Gate Elite. And so speaking of plugs, but it's not for something we did. If you guys haven't watched the Steins Gate anime, watch it. For the love of God, watch it. That's our official I... curated anime of the week. <laughs> I watched this a while ago, and it was something that I was just kind of watching in passing, and then I got hooked. I got hooked hard, and I could not stop watching it. And so when I found out Steins Gate Elite was coming to the Switch, and it covers you know the 24 episodes of the anime, I'm like, holy crap, I need to get this game. I want to play this game. I want to see... What is it? Is it a visual novel? or? A... I think it's a visual novel. Okay. Um, trying to remember the exact like um, premise of it. Essentially, this group of like misfits builds a time machine, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like, I guys just started doing that after I started doing it. <laughs> um, they build a time machine, and when they go back and alter things and change like the uh, the timeline, the main character is the only person that remembers the previous timelines. And so there's all these divergences that happen based on their actions in time traveling. And there's only one person that remembers. And so he has to kind of figure out um, how to converge it in a way that everyone can be satisfied. Everything ends up being fine. Um, Because a lot of horrible things kind of start to happen the more they play with it. And it's just... It left such an impression on me when I got done. I think I was talking to you, Brandon, about it when I got done, and I was just, like, devastated, <laughs> but in all the best ways. <laughs> That's how you know you had a good time. Well, usually. It is such a wild ride that I cannot recommend it enough to people. Um, so if you want to try the game, try the game. If you want to just watch it, watch it. How much Just the experience game? it. Uh, I think it's 60 bucks. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> It's worth it to me because I know the story, I love. and so I, I, sixty bucks. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to make a gif out of that, Paul. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think that's it for games this week, um, which brings us into the main topic of today's episode. We are talking about the mythical Nintendo Switch Online. This thing that we keep getting promised that just never happens for some reason. Um, Nintendo Switch Online. So what we're going to talk about is what we think it is, how we think it's going to affect Nintendo Switch's online services, um, what it's going to mean for us, and why which, why should we be paying for it. Um, so before we get into that, I'm going to talk about what we know. What do we know about Nintendo Switch right now, or Nintendo Switch Online? We know that it'll be $20 a month, I mean a year. Super expensive. Super expensive. $20 a year. Um, we know that there will be a monthly NES game with added online play that you'll have access to. Uh, I think we're still kind of in limbo about whether you keep that or not. I think we're leaning towards the keep that side of things since that initial announcement. Um, I think it's more PlayStation Plus is the way they describe it. That's what it, I mean, you... yeah. Yeah. Um, Nintendo is aiming for a multi-switch household, which I'm assuming is why that price is so manageable, because they're going to be expecting multiple purchases of that in one household. Um, hopefully there's a family plan. That'd be kind of nice. 
Um, and we know it launches in September. That's pretty much all we know about Nintendo Switch Online. Um, Sorry, Nintendo, I can't afford your online. I just spent all my money on the collector's edition of Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that was kind of redacted is that they were going to have SNES games with added online play, which was a lot more of a cool idea to me than the NES games, personally. But they've kind of, like, retracted that statement, and now they're just giving us the NES games. We don't really know where uh, where SNES stands as far as that's concerned right now. Uh, My guess would be that they're going to start with the NES and, one, see how that fares, um, two, kind of run through their library when they run out of that, then they'll move to the next system, rather than just, like throwing random games at you from random eras they'll kind of go chronologically okay yeah i think that makes sense gotta open the doors to super nintendo start filling out that Mm -hmm. library maybe eventually if we if we get to like n64 games and add online play to those that is my ideal world i don't want to see them stop i think part of it too might also just be the whole nes classic thing and how that one just dropped and so it's still kind of fresh so it might be easier to appeal people again with the NES games. I guess that should bring us right into to Virtual Console. Um, we haven't heard a thing about Virtual Console since Switch was announced, and I'm starting. I'm not to upset. Th- I'm starting to think that maybe we've, we're seeing the end of Virtual Console right now. Um, I think I'm, I'm getting the impression that whatever the service Nintendo is cooking up with Switch Online might be a full-on replacement for Virtual Console. I forget where I heard this. It may have been on NVC, but apparently Nintendo has never used the term virtual console in any sentence with Nintendo Switch in the same sentence. I think I believe it. I think they're drawing the line it. with Wii U. I don't I mean it definitely it needs to change format. I agree. If it was like I a, don't a Netflix buy the same type service every Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think of it, I mean, I don't know about actually, like, streaming the games per se, but well, being able to, like, them. download any of these games, you, you know. You pay that $20 a year, and you have access to a complete library of virtual console games um, that you can play and download at your leisure. Um, I think that'd be a good a good opportunity to introduce cloud saves. Maybe you don't have enough room to download another game, so you delete one of the ones you had from the service. If they have cloud saves, you don't have to worry about losing your save data because you can download Give it when you redownload the game. Saves! Give me cloud saves! So that's one of the main things I kind of want to yes. see come from Switch Online. We've already seen a lot of horror stories. Brian Altano from IGN lost all of his I Nintendo Switch save data because the system had to get sent in for repair. They had to delete all the save data on a system and send it back to him that way. Uh, that's not okay, especially yep. when you spend 150 plus hours in The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. It, the thing that baffles me about that is I'm I'm genuinely surprised that Nintendo didn't have a way if like his if the heart or if the storage unit on that console was still intact. I'm surprised they don't have a way of transferring that some other some other way. You know, I don't believe there's any way to interact. Um, or any way to like move system data from SD cards back to the system, even just like through management software, or, like on the Switch as it is right now. So whenever you downloaded that game, it is going to stay downloaded to wherever you downloaded it to. I'm surprised they couldn't just remove that from one console and put it to the next. You know? Yeah, uh, Nintendo- that's that's the thing that shocks me is that they didn't have that ability. 
he retained his eShop purchases because all that's tied to his Nintendo account. So right, why can't right. our save data be tied to our Nintendo accounts now? I mean, it's not like save data even usually ends up taking that much space up. No, so it shouldn't it's have been pretty small. It shouldn't have been that hard, you know. You would think, but uh, this is one of the things that we're hoping for with Switch Online. Why do we want to pay for it? Well, I'd be okay with paying twenty dollars a year if this includes cloud saves. Although I think maybe cloud saves should be a feature that is just there for every user to begin with. Yeah, I mean. I feel like that's a good choice, but they do have to pay for that online infrastructure and that online storage. And they're not asking um, for a lot of money. No, I mean, I, if you want cloud saves on Xbox Live or PlayStation, then, you know, you have to pay the online fee. That's the only way, it's the only way you have it. Mm -hmm. So... Speaking of the $20 a year, I am 129% okay with paying that. It is a great price, uh, especially compared to the competition. But the mm -hmm. main question remains is why are we paying for it? So cloud saves is one of the things that we would assume would come along with that. But what else comes with it? Um, Better online infrastructure so I'm not constantly dropping out of Splatoon matches. Please? <laughs> please. Our, so... Right now, we're playing peer-to-peer -peer on Splatoon 2, and uh, that's not ideal for a game like that. How about we don't? <laughs> Do you whoa, think they would... Whoa! Whoa! whoa somebody hire this guy! <laughs> somebody hire Paul Anderson! Innovation right he's here. he's got some good ideas. On the Breakdown <laughs> Podcast, you heard it here first. That's Paul's idea. You better get that copyrighted, patented, do whatever you gotta do, man. Pay the fees. I'll talk to my lawyer. Do it. Um... <laughs> Totally lost where I was going with that. She just completely threw me off my game. I'm just gone. Peer-to-peer <laughs> -peer and how we need to... So, Splatoon 2 is currently running peer-to-peer. -peer. Do you think they would go as far as restructuring its uh, online infrastructure to be server-based? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how involved that is. I, I do know that Splatoon is doing, it's doing numbers still. And that they have some DLC on the way. So I imagine that, like, depending on how difficult it is, I'd like to see it. I, I'd like to not drop out of matches or do a 3v4. It's not fun. We were, so, we were promised. I mean, uh, go ahead, Paul. I was going to say, Splatoon 2 was supposed to be, like, the launch, the test launch for Switch Online, right? Yeah, because it launched with the Switch Online app which is the light version of the app. <laughs> it's um, the light version of the app. They've specifically the framed version. it that way. It explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's the thing about Splatoon 2. Splatoon 2 was what? Was that a May launch on Switch? Yeah. It was. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Splatoon 2 was. No, it, it was wasn't a May launch. July. It was like, um, yeah, I want to say was it was July. Game. It was ARMS yep. that was. Okay. Yeah. ARMS was a little earlier. Okay. Well, so if if that's true, um, Nintendo Switch Online launches in September. That would leave less than a year left of Splatfests for Splatoon 2. Would they go as far as to restructure the game with less than a year of like in-game events taking place? That's where well, I, that's what I want to know. I would imagine that they'd still want to for people to play the game afterwards. So I I would I would hope so. It it really depends. I 
and this is me speaking of complete complete ignorance of of any sort of knowledge about game development and and how all that stuff is made and how all it works um i would hope that they could do it and that they would do it maybe that's maybe that's part of the 20 bucks a year you know that we're giving them it's like we're paying them nintendo fix this make this better I would hope that if they were going to like test launch the service with Splatoon 2, that they would have had a lot of that in place already. And that it wouldn't be like a lot of backtracking to update it, that it's already there kind of ready to go, just waiting to actually be switched into effect. They're just yeah. waiting to press the button right now. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so I'm hoping that's something that they will go back and, you know, upgrade because it's already basically in place now right. do they go back and upgrade arms and mario kart 8 mario kart 8 uh, that depends i i don't i those games I are like pretty well arms, off as it is arms yeah. and splatoon 2 are the ones i think have the most longevity for the console because we don't know when we're going to see a, a, another sequel for them mario kart 8 if we I'd, I'd rather get mario kart 9 than another update for mario kart 8 honestly I feel you there. Um, so you'd just rather them leave Mario Kart 8 as it is? And it's not even as if it's that in that bad of a place right now. The online, as far as I'm concerned, works pretty well. It works well enough that I enjoy playing it, um, which is the, you know, the main thing. Um, so if that's how we feel about past games, then uh, we, we have an even bigger question to answer with future games. Because we're under the impression that Switch Online launches in September to coincide with the release of Super Smash Brothers, And we anticipate that this will be kind of a companion game for that, much in the same way that Splatoon 2 was a companion for the Switch Online app. What does this mean for Super Smash Brothers? It has had a troubled history with online gameplay, as we all know. <laughs> yep. Maybe, maybe this is the one where they get it right. You know, maybe the maybe Nintendo has come far enough uh, with their online infrastructure where they're like, "Hey, this isn't going to be a problem." Also, we asked all our friends over at, uh, at this studio, and they were like, "Oh, we got you, boy." Bandai Namco. And they just kind of yeah, they fixed it. You know. Um, I mean, this so is 2018. I if we can't get good online in a Smash Brothers game, then I don't. I don't I don't know what we do. At the we very least, I want good online in my 1v1s, man. Yes. Yes. That's all I'm asking for. If we can't pull it off in a four-player match, that's fine. I don't care. I just want my 1v1s. <laughs> I'm hoping that if we're paying for this service, they can really make everything just good. Especially Smash. It'd be a shame if, if this doesn't work out, because Smash yeah. Brothers has been online-enabled for 10 years and it's still bad how after 10 you just years made me feel so old thank you <laughs> yeah we were in middle school when brawl came out for 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 comparison's sake um Man. there are some specific changes i'd like to see to smashes online but we're gonna save that for a video that you'll find on your computer screens in the next couple weeks here, so look out for that. What, we make videos? You can subscribe to our YouTube channel in order to learn about that. It's Breakroom Arcade. Um, 
Got a lot of well, Smash content a, coming. There's a video version of this podcast for those of you who are listening to the audio podcast and made it this far, weren't sure. <laughs> you, you, we might like Smash Brothers on this show. Um, Maybe. Did you know Wait, Smash Brothers Smash was announced for Switch? Did you guys oh, know? Don't talk with me. You're lying. Did you guys know? It's real, that, man. It happened. Did you guys know that Nintendo has voice chat? Huh? What? Yeah, it has voice chat. It's had voice chat for a long time. Did you guys know that? I didn't. Yeah, I mean, you just what have, is happening? You just got to go to that Switch Online app, click on that little Splatoon 2 button, and initiate a voice chat. Did Nintendo know that I have Discord on my phone? Yeah, does Nintendo know that everybody uses Discord? <laughs> does Nintendo know anything about online communication? Uh, hopefully they'll learn. I think, you yeah. know, they've, they've shown some promise uh, about a few things over the past few years, so so maybe online's their next thing that they're going to get right. I mean, that's the hope. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, they released the Switch Online app in conjunction with Splatoon 2, and they framed it as a light version of the app. This is not the full app that we're apparently going to get whenever Switch Online releases in September. Um, I fully anticipate that the app will look nothing like it does right now. Um, I'd be shocked if it looked anything like it does right now. In its yeah, final it's form. pretty, it's pretty janky right now. And like Nintendo is no stranger to mobile apps. They they yeah. have a good handful now, and the UI is it's pretty and it looks like a mobile app, whereas the um, Nintendo Switch Online app just kind of looks like a glorified web browser. Pretty much, it kind of looks like a poor Splatoon site threw up into a mobile app. <laughs> yeah, kinda. <laughs> So, one of the big questions I have is, with Switch Online, when that launches, does voice chat stay locked to the app? I really hope not. Do we get party chat? Is that ever coming? System party I hope chat. So. That's, is that too hard to get? That'd be so convenient. So convenient. I'd love to be, to be able to, like, sit here and I'm playing Zelda on my Switch... And I don't have any other devices near me. I just got my Switch. And I have, like, either a headset that's plugged into the, my Switch or whether it be wired or wireless. And then I'm just chatting with my buddies. And I'm playing Breath of the Wild. Somebody else is playing Rocket League. The other person is playing ARMS, which I don't know why you would... I don't know. This is kind of weird. Hey, guys. Hi, how are you guys doing? Uh, yeah, I'm just playing some games. But regardless... It'd be it'd be really nice if they're trying to create an environment in which you know people are wanting to to play this. Give give people every reason, every reason to pick up a switch. I I got I got another question for you boys. Hit us. Are you confident? No, I'm not confident. (laughs) I think they'll especially, learn. Especially quickly. relative to my confidence in this new Spider-Man game. I'm not <laughs> confident. I think they will learn quickly. If this launches and everybody just hates it, you know, they're, they're going to learn. They're going to have to learn. The, th- the thing to if keep they, in mind is, like, if you want to play games online, you have to pay for this service. We're going to lose right. that luxury. So they're going to have to make it worth paying for. In this era, too, online in a game is so important. I don't think they can just, like, I don't think they can have a really crappy system and expect people to keep 
you know, buying every game just because it's on Switch. I think that's where they're going to lose people if they have a very crappy system. It's like, oh, well, we could get, you know, Payday 2 for the Switch, or we can get it on the PlayStation 4 and actually communicate and have fun. Yeah. Right. You instantly lose so many sales on games by putting that paywall for the online and then making the service not worth the money people are putting into it. Yeah. Yeah. At the very base, it has to be like, oh, this online service works as expected. That's, you know, if the, it doesn't that's live all up I'm to hoping that, for at this point. Right. I just want if it to it, do what I'd expect it to. If it works well, we won't notice. We won't yes. have compl- we might still have complaints, but it's not going to be anything, you know. It will just we'll enjoy it. We won't badmouth it that much. It'll just it'll be good. And that's the way it should be. I want to go into it and just like, oh yeah, it's an online. I'm talking with my friends. Everything's good. Right. <laughs> and in order to improve this this relatively low level of confidence the three of us have in Switch Online service as it is right now, Nintendo's got to talk about it. They got to tell us what's going on. We're we're months, four months away from release of Switch Online, and we still know next to nothing about what it does. Honestly, honestly. I think that might be their E3 focus. Switch Online by itself. No, not all by itself, in conjunction with everything else. But their their focus will kind of be around the online. Like, how is this gonna game gonna work online, and how will uh, okay. it ex- enhance your experience? And yeah. they're gonna they're gonna sell the online service, Animal Crossing, along with Pokemon, all these other guys. Metroid Prime Online, Super uh, Smash, Smash Brothers. Brothers. Uh, I think like stop. that. Stop! Stop! <laughs> with Smash Brothers, like that's why it, it's important to have a title that launches with it. It you have to have a game that's really showing off the value of the online service from the get go. And so, if they launch like the online service, and then it's a month before Smash Brothers drops, or two months before Smash Brothers drops, guess what? I'm wait two months for that game to drop, and then have two months more of the service for you know my twenty bucks. Yeah. I do think they are going to bank on people paying for the service outright just to continue to play Splatoon 2. Um, I'd be willing to pay to play Splatoon 2 because I like playing Splatoon right. 2 online a lot. Here's um, the problem. How much Splatoon are you going to be playing that month? The new Tomb Raider dropping and Spider-Man dropping and all those other games dropping, you know? Well, that's the thing is I, I don't know or at this point. If Smash Brothers drops that month with the online service, guess what you're playing? You're playing Smash Brothers. Spider-Man can wait. No! Stop that! Stop that heresy! Logan, if, I'm Logan, if Smash Spider-Man. Brothers comes out, Spider-Man's gonna wait. <laughs> no. I, maybe for you guys, but not for me! I'm behind I'm the Smash Brothers Day anymore. 1, man. Um... I'll still pick up Spider-Man, but it's 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 Smash time. Well, yeah, it's yeah. not like I'll be like I'll play Spider-Man for a few hours and I'll be like, okay, it's time to play Smash. Like it's not gonna be like, oh, I'm not not quitting Spider-Man until I've experienced everything. Like, <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man has an but, end. Smash Brothers Evergreen. But yeah, that's the that's why it's the opposite of like Splatoon two. Though, like Splatoon two, I've played plenty of it. Um, but if I had to choose between that and playing the Spider-Man game that I haven't yet, I'm gonna play Spider-Man. You know, oh, and that's completely reasonable. Smash Brothers, right, right. And this is assuming you know that they they launch together or that they don't. Um, 
they better. If, if like you said, you know, if it doesn't launch alongside Smash Brothers or some kind of, like, lucrative experience, what's the point? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd let other people pay and test it out and find out, hey, did they actually improve it? Or, you know... Here's what they have to do. They have to have their E3 presentation talk about all the online games that we're going to get. Don't mention Switch Online in that event. At the end of the event, tell us about an additional event we'll be listening to either later that day or the next day during E3 week that is specifically focused on Switch Online. I don't think that has a place in the main presentation. That has to be its own focused experience where they give me the details um, in, an, you know, in a one-on-one format. Uh, I, th- I think that's going to be the best way. Um, you can mention it a little bit in the E3 presentation, but I honestly, I don't want that taking up time. <laughs> and I, I don't think it will show well, necessarily, to talk about Ooh, Switch yeah. Online during the, the, the presser. If it does, if it has specific features to the game, something that it's actually going to improve with the game, then I'd say, like, if they do something special with Smash Brothers and, you know... Um, character distribution with it or some crap like that's that, how you or... sell it on us sell it exactly. on us on the games and then tell us what it does i'm really hoping though that when it comes to e3 when they finally get around to revealing it to us i really hope they stop and listen to fans afterwards and really really take that into heart because if they do not nail this it is going to bite them so hard they have not nailed online play for <laughs> 10 years we we gotta figure it out because absolutely they're gonna get I left mean, the behind. resources are out there yeah you, know, you can look at what people are doing you can take classes online so if they hire the right people and they get the right information they're gonna succeed and with how much money that company has it'd be very 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 hard to believe that they could just totally screw it up. Obviously, I think once it comes out, I think they're going to it's going to go over some bumps, you know, it's going to be a little rough at first, but they have to listen. They have to listen and react. And they can't, you know, really poke with it. They have yeah. to do it fast. It has to it has to be a baby, you know. They mm-hmm. got to they got to make sure they're feeding it. They got to make sure they clothe it because it doesn't know what to do. It doesn't know what to do. You can't just like, "Oh, here you go. Take the child. No, you have to raise it. Raise the child before you release it to the wolves. Like The way they've been handling <laughs> games like Splatoon 2 and ARMS does make me a little bit more confident because they've been they've been doing it that way. They've been nurturing mm-hmm. these games, updating them frequently, and, and listening to fans. They're giving us patch notes for crying out loud. Nintendo giving us yeah. patch notes? Excuse me? Um if they get those kinds of people who care about what fans have to say and care about fostering a strong, um, happy community, it's got to be that way. I, I I believe in them. I believe this time around, like, with the success that this console has had, I'm, I'm sure they know the weight of this, that they have to do it right if they want to keep this momentum going that they've had. You know, like, you can't, don't tarnish it now. Please, for the love of God, don't tarnish it now. Nintendo Switch this has been such a great ride up yeah, for everyone. Nintendo Switch has been a great success. It it uh, shattered a lot of expectations about Nintendo and what they were doing um, coming off that Wii U era. This is the other part of that Wii era that we need to get rid of and we need to improve upon. So let's hope that this is a complete package and we can all be happy for once. <laughs> all of us. Thanks. 
virtual console or GameCube games. I don't care like if you change your service or whatever. GameCube, please. I want to play. I really want to play Sunshine again. Well, I think that's going to wrap things up for this discussion on Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, I want you guys to remember that Nintendo will be revealing their E3 plans sometime this month, according to the man himself, Bill Trinan. Bill, yeah. if you're lying to us, <laughs> Reggie's going to have to fire you again. You... I was going to say we're still going to love you because Papa Bill. <laughs> Go look up a video of Bill and Miyamoto revealing Super Smash Bros. Melee at E3 and look at how nerdy and and just like a product of the era that Bill Trinidad is. I, I promise you, you won't be disappointed. <laughs> hey guys, we're like a little over two months away from E3. Ten weeks. Guys, Smash Brothers is coming to them to the Switch. I can't believe it. I want to thank you guys for listening and watching if you're watching on the video versions. Um, you can find us on YouTube.com we are the Breakroom Arcade. Please subscribe to us so you can find out when we're uploading, when we're going live with these discussions, because they broadcast live on Friday nights at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. Um, we do this every week. You can chat with us while we're on the show. You can chat with us on Facebook. We go live there. You can chat with us on Twitch, Breakroom Arcade. Um, follow us on social media. We're at Twitter. You can find me at Bababs. You can find Logan at Loggy Doves. You can find Paul at Gunnysaurus. If you want to talk to us as a collective, you can go to at Breakroom Arcade on Twitter. Follow us there. Keep up with the main updates on the channel. Um, we mentioned earlier you can go to our Discord server. You can find that at BreakroomArcade.com. You'll find join server links on there, courtesy of the man himself, Paul Anderson. Ooh, boy. And you can find this podcast on your favorite podcast apps. Please rate us and subscribe to us on all those places. It really helps the channel and our collective grow. I want to thank you guys for doing that. Um, so come back next week to find out what we're talking about on the Breakdown Podcast. I want to thank you guys for watching. Don't break your backs. Break in the games. But for now, break time's over.